Hello, folks. Welcome to another Loft Podcast. Uh, we've got in studio Mr. Eric Dole and his lovely wife, Sarah. We're going to be chatting about his job as the director of operations for a major flight department on the East Coast. They have a uh, King Air 300, 350 now, I guess I should say, and a Phenom 300. And we're going to be chatting about some of the intricacies of that and our uh, opinions of both corporate and airline, um, whether they're right or wrong, is indifferent. Hope you guys enjoy it. I uh, always enjoy talking to Eric, a great friend of mine, and uh, saddle in. Eric, it's very nice to see you. Your lovely wife, Sarah, is joining us. She's going to be moral support, right? She's going to to call me in all my bullshit. So before you can even say anything, she's going to say, I I think that might not be true. And I might say, well, Sarah, you know, nobody asked you. So you think just by body language she's going to be able to do that? Because she doesn't know any of the stories. Yeah, that's true. But but the, 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 the details of the story, specifics, you know? How many gallons there was in the tank? Right. Yeah, she might know that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, aviation related. That's our podcast. That's what we want to talk about. But that doesn't mean we have to be focused on that. Um, you happen to be an aviator, if I'm not mistaken. There's a difference between an aviator and a pilot, I've been told. I haven't become aviator status yet, but still working on the You're pilot You're working side. on that? But you, sir, are an aviator. When I first met you, you were actually coming up through the ranks, if I'm not mistaken. That's flying a banana? That is true. Straight tail bonanza. Yep. Uh, you had actually, by the time, I think when we met, which was 20-some years ago, um, you were working on your CFI or had it already? Working on my CFI with uh, Gary. I don't you remember got his, his last name. name. I, I don't. I don't. He was there I for don't. about one more month, probably yes. because of what I did to him in the cockpit. Correct. <clears throat> I think he was on his way out. He was destined for aviation greatness. I don't know where he ended up, but uh, I know he was destined for aviation greatness. I do not remember his last name. That's terrible. He went down to the Padres, I think, for a little bit, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. That did, I I, I want to say he ended up at the airlines, but uh, I don't know. It's pointless, regardless. Um, we hung out, fishing, uh, hiking, camping, all kinds of good stuff. Surfing. And then you, you taught me how to surf. I tried. Yes. <laughs> I tried. It was that bad. Huh? I tried. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I just I one of the one of the memories I do have is driving. Finally, when you were to the point where you're having a good time, I remember driving to the beach and you rolling down the window and yelling out for I don't know who to hear. Come on, wind, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody who knows a little something about surfing. I still do that as soon as we're going out to uh, set up the boat for a water ski. Nice. Same thing. If the wind's blowing, you gotta tell the wind what you think of it. Outstanding. Because you guys have moved to the East Coast, much to my chagrins. That's 27 where you guys are. 27 years ago. 26 years ago. Burl- not Burlington. Nope, Norwich, Vermont. Norwich, Vermont. Yep. And that's where you are currently flying as a, uh, what would you call yourself, chief pilot or director of operations? Or? Uh, my title is director of operations. Got it. Can you say the company? Uh, White Mountains Insurance Company. Beautiful. Yep. You guys started off with a King Air, if I recall correctly? Uh, years ago, we had a Bonanza and a Turbo Commander, and that turned into a 414 and a King Air 300, which evolved into a couple of King Air 350s and onto a Phenom and a King Air 350. Excellent. I yep. remember the Phenom. 
I yeah. Got, I got hosed on that deal. It's a good airplane. <laughs> he called me. Said, "What airplane?" I said, "You gotta get a CJ, man. That's what I do the training in. Gotta get a CJ." Yeah, we're getting a phenom. So, I guess I better just build a phenom simulator. Well, you you said uh, you thought that I made the right decision. You did. So, phenom's a good airplane. I mean, we liked them both. The only thing that probably stopped us from buying the CJ was the shape of the cabin. That it was circular yep. and small as opposed to semi-oval and small, right. which gave a little more shoulder and headroom. The performance in that 300 is absolutely it's fantastic. Amazing. I mean, it is one of the most amazing airplanes. I got a chance to get typed in it, and yep. I just thought it was just amazing. I mean, I'd love to build that simulator. I just, we don't know how yet. 22 minutes to 45,000 feet. <laughs> Unless it's hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, he snickered a little bit. He's showing off. I love it. Um, well, let's talk, if you don't mind, um, let's chat a little bit about that director of operations, that position. Um, that's quite a handful. I mean, how many folks you got underneath you? Well, there are five of us total, five okay. pilots total. And then we have an occasional medical situation, and you've got to bring in a contract pilot or or two. Okay. And uh, are so, all the airplanes flying at once, or is it kind of they pick and choose which airplane they want to use for uh, which mission? It depends on the mission. Uh, there are days when it doesn't matter the mission; the plane's got to go no matter what, whether it's the right plane for the job or not. Okay. But we do a lot of. I think our King Air stage length is 0.7 average. Oh, uh, okay. And that's over 10,000 hours in King Airs. Yeah. Um, so we do very short hops, and obviously the the Phenom is not ideal for that. Right. Uh, but at times, when the if the King Air's down, we have to use the Phenom, and that's that's just the way it goes. Okay. All right. But there are times that you would actually be flying both airplanes or not? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, many days we fly two airplanes. Got it. Yep. The short hops and then the long hops. Yep. Uh, both crewed? Uh, two pilot crews? Two pilot crews. What was the decision on the King Air for that? Years Insurance? Ago, years ago, we did not fly two pilots. We flew for... I probably flew with that company for five years as a single pilot. Four or five years. And finally, the CEO, I think it was the CEO, came and said, you know, we have two engines. We're going to have two pilots. Okay. Period. So it wasn't an insurance thing. They just, they nope. just decided that comfort-wise, yep. that's what they wanted. Yep. And we fly both planes single pilot to take them to maintenance, to oh, sure. move them around. Yeah, that so makes sense. every once in a while, we'll take a single pilot trip. So question then is, do you, did you prefer a single pilot, or do you prefer the crew? I like the freedom of the single pilot because you're alone just kind of doing your thing. But by far, without question, a crew is a safer situation, period. More and more times we're hearing that. Absolutely, yeah. positively. The industry's headed in the single pilot you know, direction. I get it. I understand it completely. I love flying single pilot. I do it all the time to Montana. But I can tell you, going into Montana when the weather's crappy, right. on the arc, right. you know, non-radar, it has my full undivided attention. And sure. I'm doing this for a living. And if anything, goes, anything went wrong during that phase of flight, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be overloaded. I mean, yeah. there's no question about it. Now, you probably see a lot of single pilots. Almost all of them. Yeah. We, uh, primarily, our business, we do the both the 500 and 525 recurrent type ratings. On the yeah. 500, we now have approval to do the single pilot waiver. Uh-huh. So that was quite a process to get that. It took us about two years to get it. Um, so most of what we do is single pilot for both 525. I mean, obviously, the 525 is certified as such. Right. Phenom as well. Um, but the 500 series has gone through so many iterations of the single pilot waiver versus the airplane. And now almost everybody flies the 500 series single pilot. So huh. they'll specifically go out of their ways. And the insurance companies are okay with it. Even you know, corporate operators. Yeah, even corporate what the What you'll find is, is on the 135 side, the 135 side becomes a little bit more restricted, not because of the operator, not because of the FAA, not because of the op specs, 
but because of the clients. And the clients gotcha. will now, more often than not, you know, with Argus and Wyvern and all these type of agencies that come in and govern the 135 guys, they're more inclined to have crews, even on the, uh, the, the CJ lines and the airplanes that are certified single pilot. Sure. As opposed to getting the waiver. Um, more often than not, they will still fly the airplanes as crew. So, I, and for, I think, the same reason that you just mentioned. I mean, there we could, we could really argue, I think, both sides of that. I totally agree with you. Nobody wants to go to Montana with me when I'm going up there for a couple weeks. You know, I get it. So it's nice to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, if you're flying passengers around and people in the back, I don't know. You know, there's something to be said for having an extra set of eyes. Sure. Now, I will say, and I think you'd agree with me, is, is that it matters that the person sitting next to you is qualified. You know, so you need you need to have that standard operating procedures that have a qualified individual sitting in the right seat or it becomes a distraction as opposed to a, a help. Would you agree? We went through some growing pains in terms of setting up our crew concept and writing our standard operating procedures. They took some time and, um, you know, it took some failures, not in terms of, of you know, scary situations or right. anything, but in terms of personnel, how to manage one another in the cockpit, how to divide the responsibilities in the cockpit sure. sensibly and reasonably. And it took us some time to kind of iron that out. And I would say even to this day, there are moments where we say, you know what, this is this checklist item isn't okay. We ought to move this over to the right seater. It ought to be a silent item and be done. Great. That's and, great. And so it's always so it's an evolving f- process. And you're you're kind of calling that the standard operating, you know, procedures, so to speak. Oh, it's written. We have an SOP. Brilliant. Um, and uh, uh, luckily, we've had the same group of people who we've flown with for uh, most of them now for no less than 12 years. We have one young guy, and he's great. So I'm the second youngest, and then the youngest is a little younger than my oldest. How long has the <laughs> flight department been around? Uh, I would say... As such, maybe four years longer than I've been there, four or five years. But it had evolved from what kind of we had seen where, you know, at flight trails, there would be somebody who come in, came in and would have a charter. And they'd use the charter time and time again. And then all of a sudden, they'd be in the aircraft purchasing end of things. Right, right. And then it evolves into a flight department. And they did that on our field for some time prior to owning and operating their own airplanes. Okay. Yep. Got it. So this is, I mean, the only reason I asked that, as soon as you said 12 years, th- that's an amazingly long time for a corporate flight department to be in existence. I oh, mean, yeah. that's, that is a, that's a unicorn. I and mean, I'm, that's fantastic. I'm 17 years in now. Wow. And I am. And the, most guys just die in those chairs? Well, <laughs> we haven't had anybody die any, in them yet. Is there anybody listening that has a chance at one of those jobs? <laughs> <laughs> or is it, is it just, you know, you're, 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 you're screwed? It's a funny deal because... So we, we live out in the middle of nowhere. We live uh, – uh, Hanover, New Hampshire is the main hub of Stop existence. Off. Stop showing Okay. <laughs> and it's – well, it's uh, – I don't know how big – how big is Hanover? 14 people? 5,000 people. Four. Our town's 3,000 people. Okay. Uh, that, Lebanon, Lebanon's you maybe 15,000 people. you honestly know everybody or is just people. a joke? You know a lot of people. Excellent. But the point is, is that you – there are many aviators who you'd want to hire – because of their skill and their know-how and all that kind of stuff, who just don't want to live there. Yeah. And then you've got a whole bunch of people who may or may not be skilled enough who live there and don't want to go anywhere. But, you're but like, show up every other ah. weekend asking for a job. And not so much lately. 
luckily what happened is the latest kid that we hired, and I call him a kid, he's, he's one of the greatest guys going. He's 24 years old, and um, he came in as a... That, that's a kid, Eric. I know. Okay. It's a kid. That's a kid. Sorry. Sorry, honey. <laughs> How many years do we have here? 21. 21. There you go. Okay. Same. So he came in as a... Um, Vermont, up in um, Burlington, there's an aviation college. Okay. Believe it or not, they try and run an aviation college I don't think I in a that. winter environment. Outstanding. Whatever. Outstanding. Good well, it's too you. cold to snow. That's fine. You're good, <laughs> right? It's not a cloud in the sky, man. It's minus 40. You're good. <laughs> it's just sparklies just flying from the air. Yeah, except for October, November, and December, and then April, May, and June. Yes, you guys have been having some winters. <laughs> I mean, the last couple of winters, and I watch the news. Sometimes I just turn it off. I get so scared for you guys. It's it's okay. It's winter. Yeah, you know they it's they call right a now. winter storm warning for six inches of snow anymore. When right. we're kids, you know, two three feet is what you're looking for. <laughs> anyway, so this kid Garrett shows up. He's in aviation college. He comes down and he lives nearby. And he grew up locally. And he's working at the airport mowing lawns, and it, what does he see? He sees white mountains come and go, Brilliant. day in and day out. Brilliant. And all he wants to do is fly for white mountains. Yeah. So his senior year, he comes and he interviews me for a senior paper he's got to write. He's got to interview an aviation professional. So we use that very loosely, that term loosely here. <laughs> he got away with one. Let's put it that way. And, we use it loosely And everywhere. wisely, what they're basically doing is the assignment was him interviewing me to interview him. All right. And sure enough, next thing you that's know, that's really smart. Did you come up with that? He did. Outstanding. Well, he didn't say so much, but that's okay. what it equated to. All right. So he came and interviewed me, and a month later we had him as an intern, and six months later he was hired. Oh, that's brilliant. And he doesn't want to move anywhere. He bought a house, so he already had some his certificate up to commercial. Or did you guys help him out with that? No, he was through CFI, I think, at the time. Oh, okay. He great. was working on his double I. Really? It was that was his senior. He was an intern as a it, during his senior spring. Got it. Great kid. Excellent. And yeah. it sounds like he'll be there forever. Now, um, we have seen it here locally uh, where the airlines have really sharpened their pencil. You know, some of the commuter airlines are now even offering, I don't know if you've seen that, signing bonuses. I oh, never yeah. heard of such a thing. Yeah. Um, I've seen and heard of some of the commuter airlines actually sending out letters, you know, to try to attract some amount of talent. Right. Um, we have also seen a lot of the corporate flight departments here locally having to just, in fact, pay more money. Yeah. step up to the plate and acknowledge the fact that the airlines are, shall we say, hoovering up the qualified aviators. Um, pilot shortage-wise, it, it, it's here. I mean, there's we've talked about it before on the podcast. Uh, there, we've, We're feeling it everywhere. Um, what are you guys doing to to stop that? You know, I, I, don't, even, I don't even want to say that it's cannibalism, but it's, you know, the, the, the airlines are looking more and more attractive. I, I should ask it this way. Do you have a problem with that? And if so, how do you stem it? Right now, we don't. As I said, I'm the second youngest in the flight department at 54. Okay. Um, so nobody's going to the airlines. Well, one it. of them, Michelle, uh, she flew for TWA and then American, and she had her chance to go back. And there was a two year, um, she had a two year window. He's an alcoholic. You got to stay up with him. <laughs> she had a two year window to go back to the airlines. And she did not. She opted to stay with us to stay local. Excellent. And Excellent. as I say this, Because there, there really is no question that quality of life, especially in an area like that, if you choose that lifestyle, which yes. I would love to have that lifestyle, um, you, you there are so few flight departments that would offer what you guys have. So if she liked it, then the airlines are not going to be able to support that. You know, I think I think it's regional, too. I, there's... 
there are a number of very good opportunities in our neck of the woods for the right person um, where there's longevity, the, the companies are paying well, um, they're good crews to work with, and they, it's good quality of life. Um, and I, I don't know if that's an East Coast thing or a Northeast thing per se, um, but I don't, you know, and maybe I, I I'm a little isolated more. from it too. No, I think you're dead on the money. And I would say that more and more what we're seeing now with this switch of the wind, shall we say, we're seeing more and more folks um, put quality of life ahead of just pure unadulterated cash. And for a while there, it was just cash. Where, where can I go? Can I go to Saudi Arabia, fly a Hawker 800, and make $200,000 a year and just be pain and misery for three years and then right. come back with a boatload of money? That's primary. That's starting to slip now to just quality of life saying, you know what, I'm not interested in sacrificing those three years now. Yeah. I now want to have both because the industry will afford me that now. And that's really nice to see because I've never seen it. I don't know about you other than the current job you have, which is, you know, the unicorn. Um, I've never seen it in this industry till, 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 till currently. Well, speak about your getting into the airlines. I mean, that was like pulling teeth yeah. to get through there. Yeah. I, th- well, it was you, a bad time. You couldn't bad buy time. a job no. at the time, yeah. right? It was just bad. T- it was just bad timing for what it was that I decided that I wanted to make the leap for. Right. And literally, I mean, I applied to every single airline out there, even ones that, you know, were talking about becoming an airline, and only one called. So that made it pretty easy, you know? So when you're thinking about it, okay, you know, I, I, the three-day interview, I better knuckle down because this is either going to happen or it's not. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> One-shot deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was back in the day, too, where they put um, – you'd, you'd walk up after day one, and if your name was on the list, you stayed till day two. And if it wasn't, you went home. Every day they every did that. single day. So I had to walk oh, up no, every single day and you look to see if your name's up there. And there was there's just grown men just in in puddles of tears of crying, you know. Right. There goes my career. <laughs> there goes my career. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy time. But yeah, I mean I don't um, I don't think and again, I'm not speaking for you. Um, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would have done well at the airlines, just like me. I didn't do well. I d- it did not suit me well. It didn't suit me. I, I mean, did. you would have done your job better than me, which was a complete a-hole at the airlines. I was an a-hole. Why? Uh, what, in what respect? Um, I don't think I respected the job. I think when it came down to it, the I, I projected onto the boredom. And I don't know if that's a good way of saying it, but the monotonous of it and the boredom of the job um, – I projected what I assumed to be my happiness on that misery. So, you know, as I went through year three, year four, and I went, God, is this it? You know, the way I equate it is, is that for 20-some years, I was going for that light at the end of the tunnel, and when I got there, it was a 40-watt bulb. I was like, (laughs) oh, Jesus. (laughs) Was this what I was working for? You know, the money was ridiculous. I mean, how in the world they support that kind of cash to pay those guys up front is just astonishing. But God bless him for doing it, but it didn't make me stay. Yeah. You know, and um, I just, I, and I, when I find now that I can reflect on it, I would say that I really enjoyed the job until I started getting bored with myself. And it was my fault. I, I made the job miserable as opposed to the job being miserable. It wasn't. It was a great job. Yeah. Um, but my personality was such that I couldn't do it. And would you agree that you're the same way? You wouldn't have done well? No. At, 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 I mean, you and United would not have mixed well. Ever. Yeah. I, I guess... My concept, though, of work, as far as the background of uh, my background from 
high school, college, and then my early work career was all kind of a merit-based system. And certainly the airlines don't promote that in that, you know, you're a number that's going to move up. Five, seven, five, five, seven, eight. That was my number. There you go. <laughs> so the point is- 20 is years later, I remember exactly what it was. When your time comes, you move into the seat. And it's not necessarily because you did an outstanding job or because, or, and you don't get fired if you do a horrendous job. I, to me, and again, that's personality related. To me, that just breeds mediocrity for me. Right. I see a number of people are uniquely suited for that job. That's what they want to do. They want yeah. to drive continuously. And what I would say, too, is is that I hear what you're saying, and I'm in agreement with you, except for the point that when I actually did get to the airlines, one of the reasons I wanted to start this company and do this type of training was because of the training and the talent that I saw at that airline. <laughs> it was mesmerizing. I mean, what they attracted. I mean, in my, in my um, new hire class, the guy sitting right next to me was a Blue Angel. You cannot duplicate that type of talent and training in anything else, in any other country in the world. And the way that that company um, stepped in and then trained this guy mm -hmm. to proficiency in a 727 was astonishing what they could do. And, I mean, we, we got the quote. I think it was day two in 727 school. Listen, we know how to do this. Shut up. I don't want any of you guys raising your hand telling us what we should write in this manual. Shut up and listen. We got something to tell you. <laughs> I raised my hand. I said, hi, yeah, I'm not going to do well here. <laughs> is, there, is there like a plan B or something? Or maybe um, is there a different airline? I think I got the wrong place here. <laughs> I had these fancy socks. I was doing IOE in the 727. I had these fancy socks on. I had like little fishies on them. And my training and my IOE instructor looked down and, and he literally said to me, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> I go, I'm sorry, what? He goes, are you kidding me with those socks? Did anybody see? Did anybody see you get on the airplane with those socks? I'm like, I don't think so. He goes, you have to change. So we got to the Dominican Republic. He made me go buy blue socks and change. <laughs> I don't belong here. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> the socks screamed, I don't belong here. I think the socks were my, just my absolute subtle, I don't really want to be here, guys. <laughs> 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 you know, interesting about that whole the whole concept of different pilots in different positions within you know different aspects of the industry. We Garrett and I were down at training in Dallas, and we flew home on Southwest for and the Phenom. For the Phenom, it was just recurrent training. Um, we're coming home, and we're on Southwest, and we stopped. I forget where we stopped. Uh, anyway, there was a stop along the way. It was a stay on the plane stop. The pilots stayed on the the whole crew stayed on the plane. So we went up front and we chatted with the with the pilots, and they were the nicest guys. They were showing us around the whole cockpit, and they were obviously totally into their job. There's only one crappy guy that works at Southwest. There's only one crappy guy. The rest of them are brilliant. And who was that? I don't know. They're just oh. always at one. There's always one at every airline. My old chief pilot used to say it's a bid two position. But what was interesting <laughs> as soon is as the jackass leaves, the new one comes in. The captain. You're going to stop me. on my joke and run right over that? Yes, okay. I'm. I'm working the story. <laughs> I'm just going to try and continue with that. Good enough. Uh, um, so, so the captain. I didn't tell you this was going to be exhausting. <laughs> the, the, I'm sweating a little bit. The, the captain by the uh, by the end says, "You know," and he's sixty, probably sixty years old, nicest guy. He said, "You know, here's a question for you. I, I read in all the the aviation magazines, the AOPA and the Propile and all that kind of stuff. Why do you corporate guys hate us airline guys so much?" And I said. <laughs> 
talking about? That's we ridiculous. think you airline guys hate us corporate guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so and I, vice versa, or, or or the retired airline captains that want to become corporate guys. There's, yeah. a, there's a, apparently a movement. I didn't even know about this until I read about it online. There's a huge movement within the corporate industry of of just fervor and anger towards retired airline guys wanting to get corporate jobs to you know take another ten years. Job. Yeah, because yeah. sixty five is just too young to stop flying airplanes right. or the seventeen divorces. I don't know which one it is, <laughs> but the, you know there's this big fervor, and I'm like, there is. I, where, where's the fervor? Where is the anger? Well, who cares? There's nobody filling these jobs. We're good guys. Don't right. worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. I get yelled at for saying stuff like that. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> Attrition we talked about. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. You know, you being the second youngest at 54, um, are you going to punch out at 65? Do you have something that says with your flight department where age is an issue? Or are you guys going to go until you just don't want to do it anymore? Can they hear this on radio? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we have. So they can guess your answer. We actually, our oldest guy is now 65, and uh, we're waiting for him to, you know, and throw they, in the towel. Okay. Uh, As an individual, and, they'll make the decision for themselves or kind of a community uh, yes, event? Yes, no. I mean, the here's that's the, the reason, best way here's to put this. Um, the, the way we talk about it is, you know, are things still normal in the cockpit? Are we still working in a normal, safe fashion? Is everything still good? Okay. And that's definitively the case. Right. So there's no reason to discuss it right now. Got it. Um you know, if if so, I would suspect if someone got to the point where it really started to the you know the quality of work started to drop off, that we'd have a discussion about it. Right. But we're very thoughtful about taking care of one another. Um, we've taken care of one another during illness. Um, it's kind of a marriage. Yeah, that's a, and that's exactly what it is, especially with a flight department that's run that long. It's, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. For us, I mean, on occasion, it's very rare, but it does happen occasionally. Um, we'll have to pull a client aside and say, you know, or at least start to have that discussion, maybe yeah. through a three- or four-year process now, and right. say, you know, how's everything going? You know, we've seen that, uh, you know, when do you think you might be thinking about hanging it up? And And you know what? More times than not, the individual is already ahead of us. You know, yeah, you know what? This is kind of my last. They kind of know yeah, it's this coming. Is, this is kind of my last <laughs> recurrent. I'm sad to say it. I'll be sad to go, but it's it's time to hang it up because they start to get frustrated. You and know, it, you can see these guys. It's great when there's a little self-recognition there because. I've never seen it not be the case. At 10 o'clock at night. Is that when I say that? Not on, be the case? I've never seen it yeah. not be the case? Sounds right. Never seen what not be the case? He's an English professor. He should have caught me on that <laughs> one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, eng- the engineer's nodding off. You give him one glass Speaking of wine, of and he's passed out. <laughs> he's like, would you ask I'm me? not the is English it? professor here. <laughs> no, he is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a previous career. That was a setup for you on the phone the other day. Where at? Was it? Yeah. I'll tell no, us it was up. not. I told us did, you, did, I, did he tell you about that? Yep. He texted me. Where at? Where at? He said, And hey. I, I once said the word. No, what did I say? Oh, you've lit me up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> the fuck did I say? There's, there's this. Oh, so, uh, uh, song. I said song. But I didn't say that. I said I spe- I said it out, without. The English for without, saw without. But I said it. To, I, I've said it right ever since now. But I I said it before. Sans. I said sans. Sans. And you fell over on the ground, and drool a little tiny thin thing of drool like that. And I was like, Eric, are you okay? He said, It's not sans, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's S A N S. Oh, for God's sakes. Saw saw. That's French. <laughs> So the English professor doesn't really help out there. <laughs> Where at? 
Okay. Well, anyway, test. I, I, I did. I pass the test. Totally. Okay. With flying colors. Excellent. I came up with three or four good responses, and I just said, "No, yeah, I'm just going to let that sit." Because texting has become a a, 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 ver- a virus. When nobody picks up the phone anymore. You know what I'm noticing? Do I sound like an old man? Get off my lawn. No, Get off my lawn. It's awesome. And don't fly over my house. I got that one the other day. I heard that one the other day, and I lost it. These guys were having an argument online, and the one guy goes, yeah, that's great, John. Just don't fly over my house. Oh, that's brilliant. Can I steal that? <laughs> it's not an original. Uh, yeah, just whatever, dude. Don't fly over my house. <laughs> you got 10 years left in you then, or you think you got more or less? I got 10 because I'll be bored to tears if I don't. Okay. Our, but our, you have a lot of extracurricular stuff that you like to do. Because everybody asks me, they say, well, you're going to sell on your punch out. Yeah. Here's another I'm good, gonna go fishing. Here's another good little story. And don't tell a joke over my story Sorry. so that I have to continue the story over oh, your joke. My apologies. Okay. That's <laughs> talk about guiding the <laughs> brutal. It's fucking my podcast. <laughs> it's got my name on the door. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Not for long. Nah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> God willing. So with respect to retirement, with respect to getting on in life and that sort of thing, there you can have a lot of uh, extracurriculars and that sort of thing. Right. However, and this was, again, from Phenom School with a Southwest pilot who was teaching it. He's 75 years old. He said, do you know why I'm here teaching? He said, because I failed at retirement twice. Fair enough. Fair enough. He said, here's my best advice for you. Before we get into class, I'm going to give you my best advice of this whole week. Before you retire, have a plan. And golf is not a plan. Uh, golf is not a plan. Here's what I would golf even say. Golf is to, a pastime. It's not a plan. That's a good point. I like what he's saying. And here's what I would even say, too. Practice retirement. Oh, Take like yeah. a six-month LOA, leave sure. of absence, right? Yeah, yeah. And just run it up the flagpole. Yeah. And when your wife says, you have to get out of the house right now, I'm done. <laughs> I love you. I love everything about you. Get out. Then you got to come up with a – then maybe you go back to work. Is that a fair, is that a fair plan? Absolutely. Uh, no, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Because I think with me, and again – does um, coming to work at Loft for a year? Absolutely. Is Do you that know how plan? much I pay? Is that an LOA oh, God, plan? I pay well. Oh, Jesus, I pay well. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Everybody that works here is a retired military airline guy, and they do not leave. We have the original uh, 11 years ago when we started this process. Our first employee is downstairs right now teaching a ground school, happy as a clam. So there you go. That's good. That's not showing off. That's you? just people love doing this gig. <clears throat> well, you run a, a tidy ship. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. What, um, uh, Phenom 300, you guys going to stop there, you think? you think they'll add something else? Um, any discussions uh, about airplanes, or have you found the niche? We we suit our needs with airplanes based on what our profile looks like. So, And I always like to talk about kind of the 90% plan. If what you have covers 90% of what you're doing, then you are absolutely set. If it covers 75% of what you're doing, you're probably pretty good. And when you start to get below that number, then you want to start looking at something else. Right. And Because you've got two right great now, airplanes. I mean, my God, that fits almost – I can think of maybe one scenario where either one of those airplanes wouldn't do it. Well, we've been right? out to California in it, and that's right. – it's it's a little too far for California. One stop, too. One stop. Okay. Yeah. And – in a good tailwind on a nice day, it's nonstop going home. I was going to say, yep. in the last couple of weeks, I had I had 150 knots on the nose coming back from Montana. Yeah. I was chuckling. I would have been there in 20 minutes if I'd left the day before going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you can make it nonstop on the way back. That's nice. Uh, we, 100 knots? We haven't, but you could. And part of the reason is we're non-radar environment, and if there's an undercast with, you know, 45 minutes of fuel sitting around, we're not going to shoot the approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we're going to stop in Buffalo, get a little gas, sure, and be sure. safe. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, weather, do you guys cancel much for? I know on, on the East Coast, you've got significantly more weather than we have here on the West Coast. Do you have um, we do some. more cancellations because of weather? I would say it's increasing due to the change in weather. Um, and potentially because of Did you our just say global warming? I didn't say global warming. I said change in weather. Can you really like that? I'd like to steal that. Can I steal that? I'm going to steal that. You write, can. Write that down. You, can, that. you can steal that. Um, I'm kidding. Ignore it. On top of the fact that our airport occasionally, um, occasionally the oversight is uh, liability-based in terms of closing the airport on conditions uh, that we right, in, right, in right, history right. would not have. Got it. You know, the so the airport management makes the decision. Yes, to and there's the turnover towel. occasionally where there's interim it's going up. Right now we have an interim airport manager who's trying to figure it all out. And he's a great guy and you know he will figure it out with our guidance. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did you have to teach him how to use the new brake energy or the bra- braking the new braking charter? That was a problem just the other day. <laughs> was it really? On dry pavement Excellent. where it was called nil. Excellent. So we had to have a discussion about that. We actually got permission Drive from the tower to walk out there, all five of us. We had two planes going out, right. all five of us. The airport's closed. Commercial operations are done. Everything's done. Wow. We walked out in the airport. It's 80% dry <laughs> with a little strip on the side. And he, unfortunately, the airport manager, just broke his leg. He's at home in a cast and can't even come to the office. Uh-huh. And he's just taking the word of the folks who were working right. on the runway. Are the they time. still using the truck to go back and forth and then stomp on the brakes? Yes. Okay. All right. So they hit a patch, and it went nil, and they closed everything down. I, I don't know this because I haven't been in the truck when they do it, but my guess is on a summer day, if you do it on the paint lines, that you probably get a two. I think you're probably right. So, yeah. you know, it depends on where you do it, obviously. That's funny. So other than that, you really don't run into too much issues from a weather standpoint. Yeah, and the only reason typically. I say that is a, is a West Coaster. You know, we no, just no. we don't get weather like you guys do. We, we get weather don't. all the time. I mean, you know. Yeah, we just don't. There's ice every day. There's a cloud, summer, winter. Right. Um, and, yeah, you're often flying in and around storms and not through them. Right. You know, thunderstorms, obviously. but um, And hangars and such where you are, so no de-icing, and you have to worry about that elsewhere? Oh, or we de-ice all the time. Okay, you do. Yeah. Even sometimes pulling right out of our hangar, it's snowing so hard, you got to go right to the de-icer, get de-iced. And, you know, putting on a coat of four makes sense to give you a little time to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Sure. If there's a, yeah. So. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, obviously, what are you talking, 45-minute holdover at that point, right? Okay. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> Let me pull my what? charts out. Hang on. <laughs> you went from the 300 to the 350. Yeah. Why? Because it seems like a very similar airplane. Uh, because a, I just mean because the 300 was getting long in the tooth. It had... I don't uh, know, eleven, twelve thousand hours on it, it, and we just needed another one. We just wore it out. Got it. Yeah. And they, you know, the three hundreds they stopped making, and right. the three fifty was the next natural choice. In all honesty, the three hundred was more fun to fly because it was a thousand oh, pounds. Why is that? It was a thousand pounds lighter with the same engines on it. Aha. Uh-huh. Little shorter body, okay. so uh, around all the axes, it actually maneuvered a little bit better. Interesting. A little more maneuverable. Okay. Yeah. Three fifty's got the Collins Proline twenty one in there. Uh, our current one does. Okay. Our other ones had Universal or um, Collins. What is it? EFIS eighty five is what they called it. Okay. The the package was got it. Tough going back and forth between that and the Fino. I mean, I, I yeah. 
I, I find that going back and forth between the 560 and 525 um, isn't so bad, but if I had to do three, I think I'd melt. That's, all, that's quite a bit. <laughs> Are those different? Uh, do yeah. they have different avionics packages? Yeah, we got the Primus and the 560 yeah. and the Proline 21 and the CJ. Gotcha. And then different. Uh, the only saving grace is essentially the same FMS box. Gotcha. So it's it, it, they're very similar in you know application and what you put in there and such. Yeah. I still can't do an extended center line. If you ask me right now, I, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> I will go do I that clients, right after this. Yes, I, I have clients. Go, you want me to show you again? I'm like, you know what? If you do, it's just a waste of time. This doesn't even matter. <laughs> just for whatever reason, it won't take. I don't understand. It won't take. So extended center lines are not something I can help out with. That's it's okay. actually we got, a, it's we, actually a visual approach you put in there. There you go. You scroll through the. The instrument approaches, and beyond that are just runway so and so, runway so and so. It's just not going to take. I, I'm sorry, Eric. It's not going to take. And then you decide five miles, do. three miles. I can't miles. do it. Yeah, you can keep trying if you want. I can't okay. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you see? I mean, again, I think the you know the philosophy behind the podcast is is more just chat about stuff that maybe people are not you know getting accustomed to on a day to day basis within their aviation career or their potential aviation career. Um, anything that you can think of that might be of value as a Flight department manager, um, things that you've seen that maybe um, would be of either concern or the good side of that position? Because I think that from any standpoint that you get involved in aviation, when you're looking at your job specifically, you know, what can I do to impress you or what could I do that would concern you? Maybe it's a better way of asking that question. You mean as an applicant? I just as mean a, as an aviator, you as know, an aviator as, a, yeah, as a pilot, because you, your main job is to to make sure that the guys that work underneath you are doing their job. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. So maybe if I am applying for that job, or if I am working for an individual, and I'm not saying you specifically, but I just mean as a pilot working for a company, um, what are the things that you like? What are the things that you don't like? And I think the third time's a charm on that question. Uh, certainly people are self-motivated and like to take on more than just the flying aspect is, is a candidate that is someone who, um, fulfills what we need. Everybody in the flight department has their own jobs above and beyond the actual flying. And whether it's a safety, safety related item, whether it's a, um, whether it's a, uh, uh, Simple chore as far as keeping charts up to date, keeping uh, um, subscriptions up to date in the airplanes, that sort of thing. Everybody participates in the process, and everybody takes ownership of it. And it's important because, obviously, there are those jobs to get done, but more importantly, it gives ownership to the to the position. And it, it makes them feel like they, the idea that, you know, the airplane – Pretend it's like your airplane. That's what we do. Oh, that's we a great take way care of it. it. Our airplanes no. are extremely well looked after. It's wiped down after every single flight. We take care of it so that the next time you get in, it's it's ready to go. Yeah. And luckily, we've had, you know, the longevity of everybody there is is high. It's just like a marriage. And everybody, hopefully, <laughs> and everybody, and everybody. <laughs> Thanks uh, for getting it. Because if you stopped on that joke, <laughs> we're just gonna have to end the podcast. <laughs> Push stop. We're done here. <laughs> 
Sorry. So ownership would be the the first thing okay. that we like. That's and, a great way of saying it. And what's interesting is we had one guy who left, and he's a good guy. He he had a differing kind of attitude towards things, but he liked the put my number in line, and when my number comes up, I'm going to move ahead thing. And that didn't have that same it's ownership idea. It's an airline it's a, philosophy. It's a different philosophy. Yeah. And so he, he didn't fit in as well with that attitude, and I think him moving to the airlines was the right thing for him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. I like that, and, and I will say that they're the. And again, I I, I bash airlines a little bit. It's <clears throat> more out of jealousy than anything else. But um, the the concept of the corporate uh, aviator versus the airline aviator, there's there's a pretty big difference there. There's a thirty yeah. percent change in that personality, yeah. and uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. And that being said, I mean, I made a joke about the retired airline captains, but I've we've had we've had lots of them come through here, go through one, go to one thirty five carriers, or go to private, you know. Um, 91 operators and they do just fine yeah. you know they just have to ramp up it's a different environment you know they're not being handed their dispatch release and and and, and they get it because they because in my opinion they want to do it you know they just hey i want to fly airplanes i don't need the money but i want to fly airplanes and that that what you just said that caring that you know 25 percent of making it your own and yeah. just wiping down the seats after is Sure. What makes them um, successful at it, and the rest of the corporate world as well, and I've seen it in airlines too. I mean, it's it, it, it translates to that as well. The other thing I see, and it kind of it's related to that, is how people take care of their airplane from a flying standpoint. Do people are they easy on the controls? Are they easy on kind of life in the cockpit? Right. Are they easy on switches and knobs and that sort of thing? And you probably see it. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I sat in um, in school in Phenom in initial class, and this the the guy that I sat next to, he was slamming things around and wow. throwing throttles up. You know, he doesn't think that motion of power levers makes a difference to the engines, to the passengers. To the airplane, you know, yep. fill in the blank, and um, it's it's just that kind of caring attitude it's not that you'd like to see. Necessarily driving a tractor, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But you probably see a, a vast difference in. It's amazing. Yeah, we, we see the gauntlet here. Things. There's no question about it. It's at some point I'd love to write some of this stuff down because I was saying to somebody the other day that was asking that question, and I said, you know, there are seven distinct personalities that fly airplanes. Seven distinct. And I can tell you each one of them and the characteristics that make them either successful or unsuccessful at flying airplanes. Yeah. And somebody said, well, when do you know? I said, you know, when we have a conversation. If I'm sitting there during the oral and we, when I start the oral, I already know how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and Which it's not was... because I've been doing this a long time. It's not because of anything else. It's because when I take one of those distinct personalities right. and it's either three or five, this is going to be a rough day. Right. <laughs> Three and five are my least favorite ones. You know, and that's, we were told the same thing when we were taking check rides years ago. In the first five minutes, they're going to know if yeah. you're going to pass this or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and not necessarily, it's got nothing. My, my favorite to date, I think I said it before on one of the podcasts, my favorite to date is an applicant that showed up with his book. He had it in his bag. I looked down, I saw the book, it was still in the cellophane wrapper. <laughs> That's that's number three. <laughs> oh wow. no, seven type ratings. I don't. This is a citation. Pound sand is going to be easy, is it? Is it? You know, question number one. What's the hot battery bus? I don't know. <laughs> Comes off the hot battery. Outstanding. This is going to be good. Let's buckle in. <laughs> how many how many positions on the battery switch? On and off. We're 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 in good shape here. This is going to work out well. 
Uh, well, I can't thank you enough. You know, I know this is kind of on the spot. I, we don't, oh, we don't script this stuff. We just sit down and have a chat, and I, yeah. I appreciate you coming out and having a chat with us. Absolutely. All right, we'll look forward to doing it again soon. Okay. Thanks.